the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Welcome to Cast Aside, guys. This is your host, Jamil Shivji. And in the studio with us today is Rizwan Manji. Finally, I have been trying to schedule with you, man, for so long. You're so busy. Okay. So this Just the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so besides the kids, this guy has been in The Wolf of Wall Street, The Dictator, Transformers, Shits Creek, The Magicians, and like 111 credits on IMDb. <laughs> crazy, crazy man. How long have you been in the industry? Uh, oh, wow. I'm going to like age myself. 1995. So what is that? Jesus, 24 so, years. Wow. And I'm not, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, (laughs) that's sick. Older than you. (laughs) That's sick. That's sick. So I'm so interested in your background. I've never talked like at length with an actor who is from Canada. You went to a drama school in America. Yeah. So after drama school, did you, did you stay here and act or did you go back to Canada and act? Yeah. So I had never worked in Canada. Okay. I went to elementary school, middle school, high school in Canada. Yeah. I grew up in Calgary. Yeah. And then uh, I went to one year at the University of Alberta, and then I decided to go to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Did you study uh, acting at the in, in, in Canada? I did. Yeah. Um, pretty early, I realized I wanted to, like, in, uh, we call it junior high school there, uh, <laughs> instead of middle school. I keep saying middle school because yeah. that's what it's here, but it's junior high school. And uh, got ca- cast in a play, and I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is so much fun. Yeah. Even at university, like in high school, I got cast in the plays there. And then I went to the University of Alberta, and I was doing like a drama major. Yeah. Uh, but I still felt like I needed something a little bit more intensive than that. Something yeah. more focused on on drama. And I got I auditioned for the American Musical Dramatic Academy and and got in there. So then moved to New York. Oh, that's sick. That's sick. So wait, you were in New York. So did you ever think about doing theater full time? That's what that's what my intention was. Oh yeah. And that's what I did in New York for a really oh, long really? time. Yeah. So I I graduated from AMDA in 1995, and my last semester, which is the only semester that you're allowed to actually audition, you're not allowed to audition for the first three semesters. Okay. In the last semester, you're allowed to audition, and I auditioned for Romeo and Juliet at the Mill Mountain Theater. That's cool. And I got cast in the ensemble. And uh, so I went, like, I missed my graduation. I mean, I graduated, <laughs> but I missed the graduation, and I went to Roanoke, Virginia. Right. And I did Romeo and Juliet, part of the ensemble. And uh, then from that, I got cast in another, I cast in another production of Romeo and Juliet at yeah. the Baltimore Shakespeare Festival. And then just after that, for several years, I was just doing theater. Some of it wasn't even paid. Some of it was paid, like, just subway, like, you get subway tokens you at that time. They're like, get. we'll give you tokens every day to come, really? come to come to rehearsal and come to shows. That's it. That was the payment. And, uh, yeah, I did that for a really long time. That's oh, what, wow. that's what I, that's what my intention was. And then finally I was like, wait, you know what? I feel like I should probably eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. You good. can't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really eat when you're a theater actor. Um, would you go back to theater? In a heartbeat. Really? Yeah, I actually miss it a lot. Really? I miss it a lot. Um, I had, I, I, I don't want to say what show it was, but I almost uh, uh, got this Broadway thing that was that was really close to happening. Right. And I got very nervous about it. And it was probably good that it didn't happen because how do you, it was in New York, obviously, Broadway. I have three kids, right? Yeah. And I yeah, want yeah. to do it. And, um, and Broadway is like, I mean, don't you just like rehearse for nine weeks at a time and then, and then you're, and, and then, then you're, you're doing and then, the shows. And then the contract would have been, I think at a minimum of six months to a year because oh, really? when you sign on, you have to at least agree to do it. So they're not constantly, 
and that makes it it makes it very hard because I mean, my kids yeah. live here and yeah. my, right so i would love to do something that was like and your kids are a six young. week yeah a six week right. run right like i could do that i could have them come by and see the show and go back but like doing a, a, like a like a long contract is yeah. hard but i i'm telling you i missed it. I, I i think if i would have ended up getting it i would have done it and we would have figured it out like maybe i had to move to it. but because <laughs> i really want to do it so badly right but in a way it probably was the best Blessing thing because right? yeah. i think things happen for a reason but i do miss it a lot okay there's that it's a different feeling right like we don't and you know how it is like we don't we don't really rehearse you rehearse on the day right, right? like very it's rarely so like do a, you get a rehearsal a multi-cam that's in a way in a, yes it's like yeah Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. that's why I love multicam because really? yeah, it feels like theater. Like you rehearse and then you do it, and there's like, but like even with that, like you, it's a lim- you know, limited audience. Yeah. Whereas with theater, you're having new people and you're doing the same thing over and over again. And it can it's, change. And it changes, and right. it's like it's and you find new things, and you're rehearsing, and you're like, lo- um, so I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> Was your theater agent also your on-screen agent? So, for the longest time, I didn't really have really good representation. Right. I had this guy that was representing me because he had come to my showcase at AMDA, but he hadn't really been like, oh, I want to represent you. Afterwards, he was the only agent that I knew, so I went up and I knocked on his door and I'm like, hey, you don't have any brown people. Do you want to represent me? And he's like, you're right, you don't have any brown people. But he was sort of like haphazard representing me. Um, and so I would, my friends would tell me if they had auditions and I would crash their auditions. And then I started really? booking some stuff. And yeah, like even theater stuff, like, like, oh, we have an audition for this. And then they would tell me and I would like go, and they were like, oh yeah, because they were like, cool they're like yeah well if it's not gonna be me it might as well be somebody so I would crash the audition and then you know some I would book and some I wouldn't and through that I actually found a manager yeah who I am still that same manager I'm still with today seriously yeah so what happened with it's actually a kind of a funny story is my friend uh Aladdin had told me that he had an audition for this German movie I don't even remember the name of it anymore and he couldn't go to it he's like you should go so I went to the audition what I didn't realize that everybody who was auditioning was from this management company called Multi-Ethnic oh. Talent, Annette Alvarez. And so when they, when they had the callbacks, they called back, I think, three people. And they called her and they said, we want to call back these three people. And she's like, I don't represent this person. How, do they, how did they come to this audition? Right. So they said, well, we have his phone number on, on the headshot. So she, instead of them calling me, she called me and she's like this is so disrespectful. You should not be crashing auditions. And this is, you're never going to make it in this business. If yeah, you, I was going to say. You go, like they were very angry yeah. that you would do it. And then like, but you have a callback and you should come and meet us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I That's went great. to the callback, didn't get the job. Okay. Went and then saw them the next week. And she's like, well, you know, you seem like you're very, uh, you, Promising. like problematic. Oh, problematic. Okay, <laughs> cause you like, to, I was going the wrong cause you like, cause you like to crash auditions. But if you want to work with somebody, then we'll take you on. And then. So then a little bit started, you know, a, a little bit more started happening with 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 her. Sort of. Yeah, and then she just started getting you on-screen she auditions. She started getting me some on-screen auditions yeah. and even some theater auditions. You know, some was through through theater, like American Desi. I don't know if you know about American Desi, which was a movie that was came out before you were born, which was my first sort of like <laughs> little big break. It was a movie about four Indian guys going to, to college. That's and, rare. Uh, so, yeah, it was all like Indian kind of cast. That's it was yeah, and the thing is, it was like a very low budget movie. Yeah. I got cast in it because my friend uh, Deep Kadare was in. Me and him were in a play together, and he's like, "Hey, I wrote this movie, and you'd be great for one of the parts." And so I ended up doing this sort of low budget movie. But 
it became a like a super hit in the Indian community, and then like because <laughs> it made so much money on its opening right. weekend for such a small release, New York Times wrote about it, and oh, then wow. like it got it got reported all over because it was such a it was a small movie that actually made such a like a big bang. Right, and that's rare, especially like what what year. So was that? we shot like we shot it in nineteen ninety eight or something like that. Oh God. And then it released in two thousand. Okay, so like in two thousand, even now, like with Crazy Rich Asians, it, which is an all Asian cast, yeah. there is no movie that has hit like a blockbuster kind of scale. Yeah, that's all. And Crazy around. Rich Asians was a big like studio movie. Exactly, right? like that exactly. was a thing. And there has been like there's been the Joy Luck Club. There's been some like big budget right. like studio movies. This was l- shot for $150,000. This was like a very, very small budget very, like, movie. Very like a moonlight vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like very small. <laughs> right. And uh, so I think that's what the draw was, at yeah. least, because people were like, why is this movie that nobody has ever heard of make... Why are people going to see this all of a sudden? Right. And, and it's yeah. really rare to find parts like that in general. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's specifically like in the breakdown that says, oh, you need a, like a brown person. Yes. Not like an open ethnicity or a Caucasian person. Did you find that when you were auditioning for plays? Yeah. Was it like that as well? When I got onto the scene, theater was very um, open. Like, I felt theater was very, it felt very colorblind, and especially since I was doing Shakespeare, right? So there's no, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it it felt very open. uh, One of the... uh, one of the first things after Romeo and Juliet was I, I got cast in a Target Margin theater company production of a play called South where I was playing a, even though I was an like adult at that time, I was like, I think like 20 years old. I was playing like a 13 year old uh, <laughs> Southern kid. You're right. Uh, so there was, it felt like, oh, I was doing all these things. I was doing a Southern accent. And then in this one, I was toured Tartuffe and I spoke French for a little bit of really? it. So there was like a whole bunch. I'm like, oh, this is, this is amazing. Right. Right. The- theater felt very open at that time. Right. Um, and then film, film and TV just didn't, right? right? Like, it didn't feel like that. Like, I think my first major, major audition for a, a movie was a television movie that was about the World Trade Center bombing, and I was auditioned to play, like, one of the terrorists. It was my first major audition. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so sad. This is sad that this is <laughs> this is what I'm auditioning for, right? Right, right. There was that, and there was a lot of cab drivers, a lot, a lot of, of cab drivers. A lot of cab drivers. Really? Like I played a lot I'm of also, cab drivers. I'm not at that as an actor, me. Like I'm not at that age yet where I would be cast as a cab driver. Yeah. So I'm interested. That's so. And it's and the, and the vibe has changed. Like I feel like it's great. You're in a, you're you're in a place where the where where the where the industry has changed. Right. It's not fully there. I won't, I won't say. Yeah, oh my, right, we're right. here! Yay, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. arrived. No, but it's different because we. Yeah literally had nothing else to audition for right so the we all the indian actors at that time would go out for that one cab driver role and it was like the prize like that four lines as a cab driver was the prized prized role and everybody wanted to know which guy got that role because it was that was it that was the prized role wow that's so insane to think of you're in a place right now where you're like you're just you're just you're you're mosing along you're you're doing (laughs) you're, you're doing great like I guess I'm good at like pretending that's the case on my social media. <laughs> yeah, your Instagram, man, you're like you're on top. So, in terms of like that kind of typecasting, yeah, would you like refuse a role that is mainly just like a typecast role? Like, what's your what's your what's your take on ca- typecasting in general? So there's it's so complicated. Yeah, it's really complicated. Um, it's a very, and I and I and I and I and I feel you even with the question because it's hard to ask that question. Like, yeah. what is the, what is the, what is the um, uh, what is the correct question and what is the correct answer? There is no correct answer, right? right? I 
feel like when it initially when it was just that it, it it was difficult right because these were not these were not roles that were part really part of the story they were just sort of incidental things that were sort of helping the story carry along but it wasn't like right. the, the the four lines i had on law and order were not about the cab driver it was about everybody else right, <laughs> right so you right. come in you do the accent and you're that's it, it, it's it's difficult because you want to have more meteor stuff right um i feel like that's changed at least, it's not changed for everybody at least it's it, it felt, it's it felt like it's felt, yeah it's felt like it's yeah. changed for me and i and i have more uh meteor stuff right and i think the first thing on tv that i felt like i got to do a lot like i got to like show my comedy and show my stuff was on a CW show called Privilege. And I didn't have a big part in it, but I was playing Rami, who was the butler of this rich family's house. And he was just sort of like a guy. Like there was no, it never mentioned his ethnicity, nothing. It was just sort of like this guy who was a total asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But it was was funny and it was something that was just sort of, and I got to do a little bit of stuff. And I said, oh, this is how it feels. And I felt part of the show. I felt part of you know, this, this community. I was like, right. this is what it feels like. Right. And I think that's where, um, I, I, I hope everybody can get right. Yeah. Like now, yes, there's going to like, after that, there was outsource where sometimes are like, you know, there was a lot of controversy over that. It was like, you were doing an accent and this is, a, but you know what, that, that, that to me is different than saying, Oh, you're just playing a cab driver who has four lines. Right. Outsource was six series regulars who had, who got to through a season got to be a well done, you know, multi-dimensional characters who had this right, thing in a really, comedy. Right. It's really like the two-dimensional characters versus like the three-dimensional characters who actually have like a story. That's right. And right. that was the thing. The story was about right. us. And, and you know, people, uh, people had problems with it. People had problems with the pilot, which I feel like a lot of pilots are problematic Very because much. you have to introduce 17 people in 22 minutes right. and it's, you just get, this is the, this is the quiet one. This is the loud one. This is the mean one. You know what I mean? That's right. that's the, what the pilot is. So I think people based their criticism on that show based on just those 22 minutes. Right. Uh, but yeah, that to me was, first of all, a big stepping stone for me as well. It got me right. a lot a lead more, a lot on me, an yeah. NBC yes. show. Right. And a lot, a, lot, a, a lot of stuff. And I was really proud of that, uh, proud of that show. Of course. And so since then, there's been shows where, um, you know, People would think, oh well, this is stereotypical, which is or 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 not. And I don't I don't see it that way. I say, look, are you going to develop this character and right. make him not just is it is it just funny because of the accent? That's obviously problematic. Yeah. But if you're gonna develop this character, some look, you cannot have a show that's based in India about a call center and have these people have American accents. That's not that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I've walked into auditions this season. Where they were like, because they're trying to be all PC now, and they're like, this character doesn't have an accent. I said, and and we have to go in and say, look, this doesn't make any sense. This guy is forty years old in the nineteen eighties. Yeah. What, 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 yeah. what? He did not. There's not a human being. I I don't right. know a very. I know maybe one person in the who was here in the nineteen who was born an an Indian person who was born in America in the nineteen forties. That's right. It's not. It's not logical, right? right. But you know, so let's make sense with with what what's going on. There's no there's no shame in having an accent. My dad has an accent. Yeah. My my you know. A lot and there, of there are accents. British accents on TV. It's really no That's difference right. versus an, having an Indian accent versus a British Ex- accent on TV. Exactly. I mean, if you have those thoughts that are making fun of the accent or any accent in general, 
then that's that's not the TV, the show's problem. That's yeah. your problem. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I also feel like it's you know we hopefully we do a we we evaluate everything and we say okay. Obviously, things have to be funny if you're in a sitcom, right? There's there's that part of it. But are you developing this character and are you making it something more than that? Right? Yeah, like, are is you, it funny are you for something it? more than that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, the that stereotypical question gets me into a lot of trouble sometimes because there's actors out there who are like, no, I won't do an accent. It's very really? that that I feel like that limit that limits you. Why? I feel like personally, of course, I would do an accent because. I'm an actor at yeah. the end of the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, 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 it makes me happy to be any character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, whether he has an accent or not, whether he's French, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. You know, it, it matters if, if, like you said, like, if they're not ju- doing the character justice. Exactly. And if it's just, like, four lines and they're just completely wrong or offensive or yeah. just not even funny in yeah. any way, um, then, yeah, that makes sense. And but a lot of times you feel it, right? Like, we yeah. re- re- I've... I've I've had that several times this year already, and we're only in April, where I read something and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, this is, none of this is funny. Yeah. And this is not, this is offensive to me, right? Yeah. Like, that's, there's that, you know. Yeah. You know. Um, so there is, there is that, there is that aspect of it. So when did you decide, because you, which I didn't know this, I didn't know you were, um, you just stayed in New York after college. Yes. yes. I, uh, after AMDA, I stayed in New York, and I was there for 13 years in New did York. Did you have a, wow. Yeah. Did you have a problem with, because, okay, wait, were you born in Canada? I was born in Toronto, raised in Calgary, yeah. So did you have a problem working in New York because of the visa situation? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so what happens is that after AMDA, uh, I got a year of practicum, and um, basically I got a, I got a year to um, just work. They, right. they, they allow you to do that. And then I basically uh, got sponsored by my manager. Oh, that's great. So I got a visa to work um, as an artist here. Right. And slowly through that, that was also in the process. And then I ended up, uh, you know, it, it was was that was happening for a little bit. And then they changed some of the rules about that. But then I had gotten married. And so I, I married an American citizen. And then right. that was the, then we just sort of went from that visa to this okay. visa. So it was sort of like a lot, but it wasn't easy, right? Yeah. Like even even with the visa that I had with my manager, which right now I can't remember what it was, but um, they wouldn't allow me to join the the, the, the okay. theatrical union. Oh. They allowed me to join SAG, but they didn't allow me to join a Actors' Equity Association. There was, some, there was some rule that you needed to actually be like a green card holder, and at that time I was not. But you were able to join SAG. Um, I was able to join SAG. SAG didn't have that rule. That, the actor, and so it was problematic for me because I had already done a union show, but you could only do it once. Yeah. And then the next time you had to join. And so I actually lost a job uh, because they wouldn't let me join uh, the union. So there was, there was, there was a whole bunch of... There, it, was, it was problematic. At that time, the, the, it wasn't, the laws were all like different and there was all this like, crazy stuff happening. Because now you have a representation in Canada. I do. Now I do. When did you decide to do that? Uh, what happened was, so I got cast in Outsource, and I did right. Outsource, then it got canceled. And then I think after Outsourced, I got cast in a uh, in a movie out in uh, Canada right. called Dr. Cabby. And uh, I had I got that through my American uh, agency. It, it was the people had were the producers Vinay Vermani and his dad Ajay Vermani knew about my role on the on Outsource, and they basically called my agents. And were like, "Hey, we'd like to have Rizwan be it." So that was so that I ended up working in Canada for six weeks, and it was awesome. Right. 
uh, after that, there was a show, uh, a pilot for CBC called uh, Dr. Bob's House. Right. And uh, I had gone in here through my American agents, and uh, I ended up booking the, the lead role in that. So I was like, great, this is, this is great. Go to Canada and shoot that. So now I had done two things in Canada, which I had never worked in, in Canada before. Right. And then I thought, well, you know, my the reason that I had booked those those things was because they happened to look outside right. of, of outside of Canada mm-hmm. for U.S. talent for Canadians who were living in the U.S. So they specifically went to American agents and said, "Look, if you have any clients who are Canadian who who live in the United States, then please submit them for this." And that's how I ended up getting it. But a lot of those that, that they don't come this way, like sh- like Shit's yeah. Creek, for right. for example was not something that they were going to search out. They were searching outside. They were looking inside Canada. Right. With only... So with local hires. You have with, to be a local hire. Not... Re- Schitt's Creek, they didn't, re- they didn't require me to be a local hire, yeah. but I did get that through my agent in Canada. So after, the, after that pilot, mm-hmm. I said, well, look, let me, let me um, uh, get a Canadian agent. Right. Because then they can search for things that are only like released in Canada yeah. and maybe they'd be willing to fly somebody in from, okay, from the U S okay, does that make sense? Yeah, that and it was actually sense. my American agent who helped me find the Canadian, Canadian agent. agent. Really? And I, uh, yeah, I went and I interviewed with three of them and I really liked this one guy, Michael White of characters. Yeah. And he, oh, I've heard of characters. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's really, and he's he was, he was, he just became an agent. He was an assistant for the, for the president there of characters. Okay. okay. So he, uh, and he was just trying and I said, oh, I really like him. He seems like he understands me. And basically... They got to have passion. Yeah, he had passion. Yeah. And he was like, I really, I like your work. And, you know, you want that. And so I went with him. And he basically, Shit's Creek happened very soon after I, I signed right. with him. And... Uh, that's yeah. how you know you have a good agent. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. so, and it, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it worked out. So that's why I ended up, like, I, I did it backwards. A lot of people who are Canadian yeah. have Canadian agents, yeah. and then the Canadian agents help them find American representation, and they move here. But there's so much work in Canada. There's so much work in yeah. Canada, and they're doing good work. So exactly. why exactly. not take exactly. advantage of it, right? Exactly. So yeah. And so it's, it's so funny because uh, when I was working in Canada, even in the, <laughs> even the commercials, like I was watching, like they were so ethnic. Every single commercial had just had so many different races, like so many different body types. And so that's kind of what attracted me to be like, oh, wow, I really want a Canadian agent. Yeah. And because it's, it's, they're so inclusive. Well, can it, yeah, it's, it, it, the TV has been very diverse for a long time. Right. So it's good. It's, it feels they're doing quality work. Right. And why not be a part of it? Exactly. Um, it doesn't pay as much. But that's <laughs> <laughs> Taxes. I have three kids. No. <laughs> so I read that yeah. you've been dabbling in writing and producing and directing. Yes. What has been going on with that? So <laughs> it was very so very exciting uh, for us. Uh, about I think maybe like a year and a half ago, two years ago, uh, we had an idea. Me and uh, a friend of mine who is a writer. He's he was um, the screenwriter for this movie called The Calling that stars okay. Susan Sarandon. Okay. And uh, he actually won. I think he was nominated for a CSA award or something like oh, that. Oh wow! So we had met because he had this. Uh, animated series that he wanted to pitch about an Indian family running a Italian restaurant in the mall, which I thought was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and so we so sort funny. of, he's like, you want to come on board and sort of like help me pitch it. And so we tried pitching that for a while. Um, we're both, he's Canadian as well. We both are Canadian and we were getting some headway with that. And then we were just sitting at lunch one time. I said, look, I have this idea about the show about a, um, a, a, 
a Muslim guy who become who just accidentally ends up becoming the mayor of a major city. Uh, Ray from Shit's Creek. That's right. That's right. Ray from Shit's Creek. You got to do that. Um, and he said, "Oh, that sounds really funny. Like, why don't we? Why don't we do a sizzle? Like, let's think of who the characters are." So we made up this whole sort of world. And and then serendipitously, okay. the, one of the producers of Schitt's Creek, Andrew Barnsley, was coming to LA to have you know like have some meetings. meetings, and he's like, "Hey, are you in town? Do you want to have lunch?" So we had lunch, and I and he's like, and I didn't even think about this because that's my mind was never like I'm dev- I, I, I'm like oh I'm an actor but I'm doing this thing on the side. But right. he's like, "Hey, what what are you working on? Is there any part?" And I said, "Oh yeah, me and my friend are doing this thing about this Muslim guy." He's like, do you mind, Do you want us to come on board and sort of help That's pitch crazy. this? Like all just from like a wow. sentence or two. That he's like, look, this is the kind of thing that will sell in Canada because they, they love diversity and they love this kind yeah. of. So he was like, we, we were like, great. So he said, look, get us. This is what we need. We need like material. We, me and Scott Abramovich, who's the who's the writer, we got this stuff all together. We pitched it to them. They got us meetings at uh, CBC and CTV, which are the two major networks in Canada. Okay. And CBC said, we want to buy it. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. So it was like a first thing. We didn't have a script. Starring we just sort of, you? Well, the, what I always there? say is that it's, it's, I want it. Like I wrote it. For, like yeah. we, we write it for, for me. But I don't want that to be the, like I don't want them to be like, well, we don't want to do it. If it's, uh, if, oh, do you know what I'm saying? Say <laughs> I don't think, you got to work that into the contract. That's right. We, we, well, we, we, we put it in there that like. This is this is what ideally we'd want. Yeah, I just love the show so much. Like, look, if somebody if they want to get somebody else to do it, that's great. But I love it so much. So that's so we we developed it for about a year. Okay, we wrote um, a pilot. We wrote a Bible, which we called the Quran. A story Bible. Called it, yeah, <laughs> we called it the Quran. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. And then we did a, a second episode. Like we wrote a they they bought they bought a second episode. Right. And then we thought it was sort of going towards it was we were gonna do like a pilot or do like a six episode thing, but then they found that there wasn't enough space on their schedule. Uh, but they had stuff. A, so okay, wait. They had already bought it. They had bought the the scripts, so okay. they had, like okay. we we hadn't been hired. At, I'd been hired as a writer with my friends. Okay, on, right. Okay, uh, and so that's what it was in development is what they say. It's like we're developing the show. Right. So we would have meetings every every we would be writing, and then every week or two weeks we would have a meeting with CBC. Right. And they would tell us, okay, these are the notes that we have. We would submit a version, and then we'd have draft one, and then they'd be like, okay, this is what we want to change. We don't like right. this character. We think this character should be this way. We think so. Then we would go and we would like update it and then we would go back again and they'd be like okay this is great in the right direction can you can you so we did that for a year like getting all these scripts together oh wow and we got really good feedback on it i just um it was very political so i think that was that that was that was maybe i don't know that was maybe an issue about it you know it might have been also that they're a network you should go for like streaming services. Yes. Well, we want we 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 have the rights to it again, and you do. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and we did a we did a lovely reading of it down here, um, and uh, John John Heater. I don't know if he, he plays Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. He, he played okay. Napoleon Dynamite. He was in a movie, and he's a friend of mine. We had him come in and read one of the parts, and he was so funny in it. And we're still trying to see if there's there is a streaming life for this show. You I should. think what hurt us was. There was a show that came on on ABC the year that the, that they were gonna, and it didn't last very long. It lasted like it got canceled after a very few episodes. It was called The Mayor. Okay. I don't know if you you know about it. And it's and it's not like our show at all, but it felt like the, you know what I mean. Like it felt like don't the tell show. Them that. And because so, there's also like there's Veep. 
And yeah, there's a political. lot of stuff there's that's like, like, and I think people get shy because it did because that one didn't, and it was a really good show, The Mayor. Right. But because that one didn't, people didn't respond to it. Right. People worry that oh, people are not ready for this, or people don't want this kind of a political show. A lot of it's show. just also like, what network was that on? I think it was on ABC. Yeah, a lot of it's the, the network. Yeah, like, people don't go to ABC necessarily for political comedies. Yeah, it know? was. It, we, we we just don't know, and I think there was a little bit of. Uh, uh, a little bit like a little stigma. bit of like stuff that didn't go in our favor right but you know i was very happy that like our first stab at this we got a we got a development deal which a lot of people don't get right, right. so i was very happy about that and uh, are you still you know. writing and stuff so we still have that show right. you know that we hopefully if if there's a streaming hey guys if netflix or hulu <laughs> or any of you guys are listening to this please we would love to do, we would love to do that um, I got busy with the, the other stuff. I'm, you know, doing Shit's Creek as right. well. And then I, I, uh, was, I'm on the magicians. Right, right. And so that happened. And then I did Mr. Robot for a season and now I'm huge, did a pilot. Huge shows. So it's been, it's been busy it's, with that. Right. And like knock on wood, I'm very happy about that. I'm like so excited, right. uh, about doing that, but it's hard to do both to of those things because the writing is, it's, it's something that I'd never done before. So it has, it's, it has to be focused. It has to be done on a regular basis. You can't just, yeah. and so it's been, it's been hard to sort of, um, because yeah, I've been way. I've been writing lately too. Yeah. And so and it's it's like it's interesting because it's different. It's I, I I actually I did a summer program at USC over the summer for screenwriting. Yeah. Because I knew I don't know if this will make sense, but I knew how to write as an actor, but I didn't know how to write as like like plot wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I could get into a head of, a, of any character, but I couldn't necessarily plot it out into a structure that would work. Um, no, I I feel so, you. That was it's it's hard. So I've been doing that lately, but I feel like yeah, it's a it's a slow a, and you need a consistent process. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's. I found it challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to have Scott, who's who's who knows the structure so well, right? And sort of get that guidance. I mean, he um he definitely did the heavy lifting, you know, and like learning because <laughs> right. it was like learning for me. It was right. like how do we do this? Of course. Like we have, we a, have all these, a, we have all these ideas, <laughs> right. but how do we craft it into an actual product? Right. You know? So are you looking only in Canada now or in America? No, too? we're, we're, we're open, right? Yeah. Like the show that we sold to CBC, the mayor, we decided to have Vancouver as the city. Really? But that's, that's sort that's of, funny. it can be, Vancouver worked a lot because mm-hmm. there's a large Asian community there yeah. and it, it made, it made a lot of sense how, yeah. how that could possibly happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but it could be anywhere. It could, it would actually, and I it's think a comedy. Like, so it's, you know, yeah. doesn't necessarily need to be so set on yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Okay. I want to end with this. Yeah. We're gonna play a little game, little, yeah. little mini game. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have a name for this game. So I'm going to give you, um, one of the characters that you've done. Yeah. And I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a situation. Oh my god! Okay. And you're you're gonna tell me you're either gonna res- like say a line that they might say, okay, or how they would react or anything like that. Okay. Ray from Shit's Creek. Oh. Um. Okay. Ray is forced to go on a camping trip with Roland okay. and all the main guy characters. Do you think he'd be a good camper or not? First of all, Rizwan is a horrible camper. Oh yeah. Is a yeah. horrible horrible. Like I actually I I. I I, I hate camping. Really? I do. And we okay. used to go, I was just going to get it, but I hate camping. Okay. I'm like, I need a bathroom that I can go to. I need you a like bed. Glamping. You like That's glamping. right. That's like, it. Right. Yeah. I actually think Ray would be so 
amazing at camping. Really? Yeah, because he's just, that's right. Like, he will adapt to any situation. He's that's like, yeah, I can do true. this. He probably has a, a campground that he runs and rents right. out. He, yes, absolutely. Yes? Okay, yes. that's really good to hear. Okay, so, okay, I also have one more question. Ray hits an animal with his car <gasps> and no. it dies. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. What? Just Ray, what? I, I think Ray would be devastated. I think Ray, I don't. I, I don't know. How, I don't know how Ray would recover from that. He's just such a loving person. I don't know how he would recover oh god, from Ray that. Ray needs his own spinoff. Oh my god, Ray is so Ray should honestly be the mayor. I, also, Rizwan would be mortified, yeah. but yes. Ray would be as well because Ray's a, he loves everything. Oh, so yeah, he'd be mortified. <laughs> Swami from Hannah Montana. Oh yes, Swami Banukapatu. Yeah. <laughs> Swami from Hannah Montana. He is approached yes. by a Catholic preacher. Yes. And they try to convert him. Yeah. Would he? Would he not? What would he do? Would he preach back? Swami yeah. Banukapatu, if he could make money off of it, he would totally do it. That's <laughs> he was totally opportunistic. <laughs> I mean, he had a call center <laughs> that he was running. Yes, yes, 100% he would. He was like, look, if I can make money doing this, this is completely open. Then God would want me to make money. That's all that matters. That's all I want to hear. That's, that's well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank Dude, you. You're like an insane person to get on this podcast. Oh my, so, thank you for having thank me. Thank you. The lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue, the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Catch me every other Monday at 12 on castasidepodcast.com. Peace out.